0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back to the Urban Misfit Show. I am Q, CEO of Urban Misfit
1: Ventures. And I am Chandler Lohoski, the Creative Project Manager for Urban Misfit Ventures. Today, we are sitting down with Glenn and talking about the importance of financial planning, how it impacts all aspects of businesses, as well as the importance of collaboration, regardless of industry.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Urban Misfit show. We took a little bit of a break, but I'm super excited to be back and we've got Glenn. So thank you for coming on, dude. You're welcome. (laughs) So I'm like, literally, I just, I wanted to have you on because you're a cool dude. And I think anyone that we bring on, it's not so much about the what, it's the why. So you can just talk about a little bit. Why, why do you do what you do?
2: Why do I do what I do? Uh, I absolutely love doing what I do, and I do it because I get to impact um, literally you know, tens of hundreds, if not thousands of people by um, implementing our advice through companies, organizations. So instead of just one-on-one, I've morphed my career from one-on-one to organizations just for that impact factor.
0: What kind of organizations are you working with?
2: Uh, both for-profit, non-for-profit, uh, we'll probably have a client in almost any typical industry: engineering, construction, logistics, banking, retail. Um, you name it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, you recommended a book to me, and that's I think Culture Code, right? Correct, Culture Code, and I've been reading it. It's incredible. Um, but clearly, you're working across like different fields with different types of types of organization. Can you? Um, maybe you won't be able to answer this, but can you? Um, I can
2: make something out. Exactly. Just make something out.
0: <laughs> kind of what's the difference between the organizations that do implement your strategies and implement your advice versus the ones that don't, that kind of just like sit on that advice mm. and sit on those strategies? What are kind of the, the culture differences within those companies? Um, actually, that's a pretty easy question to answer. Mm. Thank you.
2: Um, it, it's, uh, it used to be paternalistic. Right, I mean, organizations that had a retirement plan that wanted to focus retirement plan on best practices and making sure they're doing the right thing for their employees really took a paternalistic nature, and now I think just competition and environments forcing organizations to do that. So um, it's forcing their hand whether or not they they take the advice and implement it. Uh, I literally have calls every day where I'm giving advice and they don't take the advice, right? It's almost like a doctor. If if you don't take the advice, go find a new doctor. Um, I think a lot of organizations perceive that their plan isn't broken, um, and it's probably not broken, but it could be a lot better.
1: Now, when someone doesn't take the advice that you offer them, Mm -hmm. and then let's say a few years down the line or a couple months down the line, they come to you... Um, and asking for more advice, like how, how do you, how do you handle that? Do you still give them advice or do you kind of shut those doors?
2: Uh, I used to shut those doors <laughs> just cause I, <laughs> I figured, you know, I gave it to you once. So no, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to help. I, you know, I've been doing this 18 years. So at the end of the day, I, I'm a believer in karma, right? Like if, if you're helping people, enough people, it comes back and I'll keep my fingers crossed. Absolutely. That's fascinating.
0: What's been your favorite area? Favorite type of company to work with thus far?
2: Um, thus far, the most challenging has been when a company uh, or a holding group owns multiple companies. Um, just the challenge of different demographics and workforces and administrative issues and ownership structures. That, just because I've seen a lot of other things, it's just it's a challenge, so I, I like a challenge. Um, that and then a younger company that's really growing fast. Um because it's not their forte and they need the advice.
0: No, it is not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and that's great because you know, if you if they, the leadership or ownership, find someone they really trust and you give them advice and they take it, you can see your work being impacted quickly on, on the employees. So
1: that's always rewarding. Absolutely. I bet that's a great feeling, to kind of know that you made an impact of helping them grow in, in a way that they are completely unfamiliar with. Yeah.
0: It agreed. It's cool.
1: Like Even like, I would say like
0: our work, if you look at it like at face value or just like on paper, it's definitely not life changing, but like all the time, dude, like we'll go through our messages and it's like, damn, like that video you just made saved my life or like, wow, that really like shifted my perspective. And it's so awesome just seeing, seeing what you do and what you create and how that impacts people. Mm -hmm. So respect bro. Um, Thank you. Do you always think you'd be doing what you're doing? Yes. Really?
2: Yeah. I went to school for finance. I I knew, like, (laughs) I'll never forget day one sitting in in this large hall um, signing up for classes my freshman year in college. I I just knew it was finance. Did I know specifically being a retirement plan advisor? No, but I knew it was finance and I knew it had something to do with investments.
0: Why is that? Like money's cool. Like to me, like. Numbers, I hate them. Like, it, it disgusts me. I don't even want to look at it. Like, I would probably lose my hair. Well, if I was dead. disgusting
2: to me, too, but you're obviously good at it. <laughs>
0: Thank you, so...
2: Um, I, I don't know. I never grew up with money. I never, um, you, you know, I never came from a really wealthy family, so it was always fascination to me from a standard of living or cost of living. Um, so it just, I just, I made it kind of a hobby to study that, and I know I wanted to help people. So it was kind of two fields colliding together, something I could help people and something I could monetarily impact people and, um, and impact myself as well.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I do to correct. I do love money, yeah. I love, I love money. <laughs> numbers though. I don't want to stare at, um, what advice would you give to someone that maybe does not know what they want to do? Cause that, that was me. I switched my major 17 times. No idea what I wanted to do, even like as I started my first company, I knew that wasn't the thing. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give those people? Just keep trying things. I mean, um, it's so
2: interesting. I think there's such this huge pressure on society and younger people to know what they're supposed to do because they see everyone else around them, you know, saying, I do this or I'm making X number of dollars. Who cares? I mean, you have so much time on this earth. Hopefully, right? I mean, God forbid something happens, but you have so much time on this earth to just try different things. You know, I've often thought that as I build this business and I turn it over to employees that I hire, I want to do other things. Uh, I still want to help people, it's still my passion, but I still want to do other things as well. Keep trying things.
1: Yeah. simply just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. If you don't know what you, you're calling in life or whatever it mm-hmm. is, I'm in the same boat with you, Glenn. Like, I've known what I've wanted to do for a very long time. Sorry, Q. <laughs> no, 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 Lucky. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's something, like, friends that I've talked with in the past that don't know what they're doing. It's like, just go out, sign up with that random community class that's offered, and go out and just try to meet and expand your horizons, and I think that's really the best way.
2: Well, and in the environment we live in today, you're going to get paid for it. Right? I mean, there's, there's this adage of just do mentors or internships um, and just volunteer your time. Companies are looking for people left and right, I and mean, we're looking for part-time people to do uh, some, some of our um, uh, marketing aspect. You can pick up a few hours here and there from multiple different types of industries and get paid for it. Try
0: it. Just try it. Dude, that was me in college. Literally yeah. like internship after internship after internship. I don't follow Gary V heavily, but I um I came across like a whatever he does, like the like a screen cap with like the the inspirational thing over it. He said go intern for the person that you want to be, mm-hmm. which I thought was dope and so, so, so true because it's it's easy, man, and companies are always looking for help. I literally, like, I changed my major 17 times. I probably had 17 <laughs> internships as well, so for sure, for sure.
2: I, I envy that. I envy that. Think of all the experience that you're going to I
0: knowing. envy you knowing what you want to do, <laughs> man. You're um, going to be able to use that real-world
2: experience you know, <laughs>
0: multiple times in life, so. We're, like, fed this, like, this false notion that we need to have everything figured out. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, like, okay, what, what um, electives do you want to take? Where are you gonna, what are you going to do in college? What's mm-hmm. your major? Um, what do you want to do? Like, just always, we have to have everything figured out. And literally, like, the job that I want right now, besides what I'm doing, like, didn't exist. Like Esports. Was, yeah, it didn't exist. I hear I was, you talking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I want a team, right? Like You and my son, esports. <laughs> genius, genius. But... There's so many like, changes and innovations coming that people aren't ready for, and we're forcing ourselves to, to niche down and to lock down, but everything's about to change, everything. I, I, this rate of
2: change is just mind-boggling right now, even in my own, in every industry, right? It's touching every industry, and it's, it's super exciting. For those people that aren't willing to or wanting to change with it, I, I often say to people, you're gonna get run over by a semi. Like, you have to be open-minded and changed.
0: What does that mean, being open-minded to change? Like, how do you, how do, you do that personally? So I, let me give you an example. So, um, you know, Chandler, you
2: said you knew what you wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do. And, and throwing yourself out there and just being uncomfortable. This is never something I really wanted to do was to market myself through podcast or, or um, online social media. But I also knew I saw where the world was going. And I had to subject myself to that and try it. And I, I mean, look, I reached out to you, right? I mean, you, you just got to try different things and throw it up against the wall and see if it works for you and your personality and your skill set and your industry. So I wanted to try it.
1: Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that definitely gets easier the more you do it. I mean, I remember the first time that I gave an actual presentation and I was scared out of my mind. Um, but the more, the more that you do it and the more that you just reach out to someone that you admire. Once you grab coffee with someone, it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. So that initial step is re- it's super difficult, but the more you do it, it more natural it becomes.
0: It's yeah. always that decision. I, I just wrote an article
1: about like my fear of public speaking. Like I'm still like a
0: thousand percent terrified every that, time yeah. I go up, dude. But like, I'm legit. Not like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, The fear doesn't go away. I just get really, really good at not giving a shit about my fear. Exactly. If that makes sense. And I feel like that's everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything. Like, as an athlete in track and field, like college, like people screaming, like you get over the nerves. Um, You go play college basketball, the game feels super, super fast. And then one day it's just like, and everything slows down. Mm -hmm. The fear never really goes away. You just kind of numb it out. And since I don't know why I got to that, (laughs) I was about to get something you said. (laughs) <laughs> um, yes. what um because you did some or you still teach correct
2: y- yeah from time to time so it just depends on um you know previous organizations that i've worked for has asked me to speak to either workforces okay. um or management i've done some at um some teaching uh, at some local schools uh, i just i love talking about this topic. i don't know why it's silly i'm passionate about this um i think a lot of it has to do though at least in, in my day and age when I was growing up, and I not so old, I'm not that old, hopefully, um, we never got taught money, right? Can you recall going to school and getting taught a basic budgeting class? Nope. No. And it's <laughs> so imperative in life, right? I mean, how do you get through life without budgeting? And, and, I, see on, on and, and so I see this strain on people, and so I see the strain on people from a, a financial wellness or a budgeting issue or a money issue and a stress, and, and you think they leave that at home? You think they leave their stresses at home when they go to work? I don't know. No, so it's impacting workforces as well and in organizations. So it's just we need to figure that dynamic out for the benefit of everyone. And uh, I just I love talking about it.
0: What are some things that you're teaching them? Um, So typically, I've been talking to
2: uh, finance or HR. Components of an organization and just more or less the retirement plan structure, but there's this whole initiative in our space and how technology is affecting employees' interaction with the retirement plan. and it's dubbed financial wellness i don't I don't love the term <laughs> but it's just giving resources, tools, and implementation to people in order to make them a better um, person with money, right? I mean if we just had to boil it down to that. And it comes down to basic budgeting and basic savings. And um, you can't save unless you can budget and pay down. And that's the stress. And I think we just really need to put a focus on that. And, and what I would advocate for is if the organization that you work for is going to help you do that and they're going to push that, the organization's going to benefit too, right? The employee yeah. is going to be less stressed. They're going to be more productive. Um, and, and it's going to be able to have better outcomes on your organization. And then I get the response back from some organizational leaders, but yeah, but what if they what if they don 't want to work here five years from now? Who cares? Why do you care? Why do you want an employee that doesn 't want to be there right? Make the time that you have together to the best benefit of both help them they 'll help you and and move on um, so I guess that's
1: just my perspective is making sure that we're, we're impacting both sides of the table, employees yeah. and the employers. And, and not only that, too, if you do provide a good experience while your employees are working with you, if they do decide to leave, they won't speak negatively about your company as well. So sure. it really it pays off long term, not only mm-hmm. for that one individual, but potential employer, employees in the future as well.
2: Right. I mean, I'm sure both of you run across a person that's worked for an organization that they rave about. Right. Why do they rave about them? And at some point, they probably won't work there, but they'll mm-hmm. still rave about them. So it's the way they're treated, right? It's, it's the way they're being um, provided for and, and vice versa, the way the employee cares about the employer.
0: Yeah. Going back to that book, that uh, culture code I keep mm-hmm. forgetting the name. Yeah. Um, one thing they talk about a lot in there is safety. Um, And that's something that a lot of organizations just disregard and they don't pay attention to. They don't see the value in it. Um, But when an employee or a person feels safe, they're more likely to collaborate. They're more likely to talk. They're more likely to voice concerns, more likely to um, innovate, innovate. I think just more organizations need to provide that sense of safety. And they need to be intentional about the culture that they're actually building. And I think a lot of it goes back to um, what do they actually need? And a lot of that is money. Yeah. Like Most people are stressed <laughs> about money. Um, why do you think people aren't saving? Um,
2: um, what, are, what are the stats? Like, what, oh, like, they're just phenomenal. I mean, uh, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I tend to just... So I love numbers, but these numbers just irritate me, these whole financial wellness numbers, right? Um, It's a frustration. And so I I know it's like 70% or more don't have at least $10,000 saved for retirement across the country. We're talking about just Americans, right? Employees across the United States of America. Um, I think it's like 40. Here's another huge issue. 40% of individuals that have a student loan are in default or behind on their student loan payment, so think of this this young, you know, millennial workforce that are going to work for organizations that have student loan debt and they're not paying it. You think they're being productive at work and you're out of your mind. So why aren't we, you know, we, we've come with a tool to help that. And so we're trying to help both the individual at the organization and the organization themselves. So there's these staggering numbers um, I forget what percentage, I think it's over 50% can't even afford a $400 emergency. You know, let's say you're driving and your tire blows out, right? Or you, you get sick and you get laid off and you can't pay mm-hmm. the water bill that month. I mean, there's, there's huge numbers around this that we need to help solve for.
0: That's so fascinating, man. It's money is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like money's incredible. Money gets bad rap, And for whatever reason, like it's, it's awesome. I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why that's an issue in our culture like why we're not teaching that Um, especially like American culture like that just makes no sense (laughs) like I I legit like looking back at all my education I don't remember a time where I legit like this is how you build a budget Mm -hmm. this is how you pay taxes this is when your business will have to pay taxes (laughs) it's all stuff that I had to learn by fire and I went into crazy amounts of Mm debt debt building my first and building my second company and if someone would have just pulled me aside and said you're an idiot this is what you should be doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd be okay and I am okay and i'll get out of everything but like people make so many mistakes just because we're not educated yeah so i love it i love what you're doing i mean
2: you know i'm i have a finance degree i understand numbers and i'm not a tax advisor by any means i understand some tax situations i have my own business Uh, me too like everything you just said me too i you know starting my business went into debt um trying to understand how and when to pay tax all that's there and and so you know these colleges have uh, Entrepreneurialship classes. I don't recall them teaching like the whole tax budget aspect. Um, maybe they did. Maybe I was asleep that class. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it's an issue.
0: It is. An issue. What are some things that people can do today to um, start saving and start getting out of debt, and if they're in debt, or start putting money towards their retirement plan? Yeah. Um, the debt. I think you. I think you have
2: to focus on paying down the debt and budgeting before you worry about savings right i mean it's it's kind of the cart becomes before the horse so to speak and i know chandler you and i went back and forth on this i'm a huge advocate of this acorns app (laughs) i know i i feel like i should work for them or something i preach this all the time i use it all the time it's just think of all the stupid little stuff you buy in a day a week a month or a year where you i'm a huge component of swiping my debit card or my business credit card so it tracks everything from my Taxes, yeah. go figure. Um, if you ask me at any given time, you know I might have three dollars in cash on me, but I only have my debit card or my card here, and it just rounds up to the next dollar. Like you spend seventy two cents on something, right? And yeah. twenty eight cents goes into the savings account. You, you just do that over the course of a year, and and hopefully not have to touch it. Or if you do need to touch it, it's an emergency fund. I think you got to start small.
1: Yeah, no, and it's funny that you mentioned the whole acorns thing. I know. I think it was last night that you responded to one of my comments on LinkedIn, and and I went and I and I and I, and I, and I downloaded downloaded the whole yeah. acorn thing and have it all set up. So. Just the fact that kind of having it out of mind and that you don't have to be constantly thinking about it mm-hmm. is, for for me at least, for someone with a non finance background, and I think that's so key. And like I've actually sat down with one of my mentors a few uh, a few months ago and actually developed a budget, a monthly budget. That's something that I didn't have before, mm-hmm. and um, just real basic. And I think that's that's key.
2: I think the other aspect. I think there's there's a lot of great tools out there for for savings and budgeting, right? but it's the accountability factor. Are you going to hold yourself accountable? Maybe, maybe not. Um, If you can get someone to hold you accountable, that's pretty cool. That could enforce some real detriment or harm to you in the form of accountability, right? (laughs) Like, you don't do this, uh, you know, I don't know, make something up, some type of of consequence for it. I think that would be really helpful.
0: they got to know how you work. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, like, I don't like disappointing people. I don't like disappointing myself. Like I don't need a, a lifting part. If I wanna gain weight, I don't need a lifting part. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't wanna disappoint myself. I don't wanna look, um, a year from now, I don't wanna be like, damn, I didn't do that. Some people, it's like, I don't wanna disappoint my family, all mm-hmm. right? Um, I need a reward after. If you know how you work, it's very, very easy to like, implement the habits that you need to in order to do whatever you're wanting to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, cool. There's um, I was on a podcast and they asked me a question. And I've been like throwing it in here and there. Uh, but is there a question that you wish we would ask you?
2: Oh, a question. I couldn't she, answer it. So
0: oh, I'm curious yeah. to see what you said. Um, wow. You really threw me for a loop there. <laughs> <laughs> then they reframed it as like, if you could leave the world with something and we're not closing the podcast yet, but if you could leave the world with something, um, what would you say?
2: Hmm. Um, I guess from my field perspective is, is, is as an employee take advantage of what the organization that you're working for is doing for you or giving for you you know that's something that i see often is uh, if the organization goes above and beyond and really provides a benefit it's still a lot of time it's not either taken advantage of by the employee or or um or being grateful for it. And it's a two-way street, right? I'm not just banging on the employers to say they need to provide more because that's definitely not the case all the time. Um, I think they are going out of their way to provide great resources and tools for employees. And some employees just aren't taking advantage of it. So it maybe goes back to this accountability thing on both parties. But take advantage of what's around you, yeah. right? Open your eyes and, and ask the tough questions. Put yourself out there. Um, I love that. Yeah. I mean, there's no shame, you know, there's no shame in saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. I need help. Uh, There's no shame in saying, hey, I'm in debt. I want to get out of here. How can I get help with that? I mean, there's tools and resources for that.
0: Yeah, I love that a lot. I want to change gears a bit here and go like rapid fire. If you have something, Um, jump in. But what's one tool that you can't live without?
2: I mean, wouldn't everyone say their phone? I was about to say, I thought you were going to say acorns. <laughs> 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 their phone. Um, I love pen and paper. Yeah, I love writing stuff down. Like if Same. you look at, uh, you know, I said I was reading this, this um, cultural code and I was just going to give it to you because I'm almost done with it. Um, but if you see any of the books I read, I underline stuff Same. a lot. And so what resonates with me might not resonate with you, but I underline stuff that resonates with me. So I figure what works for me is if I read it, and underwrite and underline it i retain a major portion of it so i love writing stuff down
0: i love that if you had to cut everything out um in terms of like lead generation like generating leads for your company if you had to cut everything out and only do one thing what would that one thing be and why uh it's kind of what
2: i've done over the last probably six months as i hired my last employee is linkedin i think it's just such a phenomenal tool and um you know, it's like the modern day Rolodex for those. I remember an old Rolodex, right? I mean, you get to see everything moving in real time online, and and so I have a a, a lead generation process I use through LinkedIn that I I do a lot myself and my employee does. Um, you know, if I interact with you, it's because I want to, and if you don't want to interact with me, then don't. Right? I mean, but at the end of the day, you can see out there where we're coming from, and it should be from a genuine perspective. I think LinkedIn's a great tool. Sometimes it doesn't work that
1: great.
0: <laughs> All the time, man. All the time. Don't get me started. Yeah. Um,
1: we, we talked yesterday, Glenn, about how the hiring process has evolved so much over the years and how mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just your resume and the hard skill sets that you have listed. You mind elaborating a little bit on that and the kind of how do you, what are the trends that you project in the hiring process in the future? Um.
2: I, you know, I don't think it's so much on skill sets. What I think what I was trying to get to from the point, it's passion, right? I mean, um, if you, if someone shows a passion for wanting to work for you, I think you're going to listen. You're going to give them an opportunity. Uh, if someone is willing to bring something to you that's maybe outside of the box thinking that you haven't thought about, if they're adding value, you're going to listen. I think there's this whole uh, interchange of ideas that that's happening. Um, because the outside environment is forcing it. Technology is forcing it. Competition is forcing it. Um, different workforces are enforcing it. Global globalization is enforcing it. I just think we live in a really cool time that you can't just sit on, on your chair and say, well, that's the way it used to be. You, again, my famous saying, you're going to get run over by a semi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Do you have, if you had a def- Do you have to describe your company... Um, your company's culture your team's culture and with one word what would that one word be Um, collaboration why
2: because i'm always asking um you know how would you handle this what would you do you know here's a prime example this morning we're responding back to a ceo of a of a pretty large company they have like 700 employees and I had my first call with him yesterday, and um, I discovered an opportunity. I think we could really help them and educate them. And he said, hey, we're happy with our advisors. So I followed up via email. I drafted it. I turned it around to my employee. I said, what would you do with this email? How would you rewrite it or add or delete? I mean, constantly, we live in a team environment, right? I don't have captive on best thinking, nor do you. You're surrounded by great team people.
0: What don't- is it called, status management? or is, is, I think that's what it. Like status management, where Um, people will like, essentially they fall into groupthink, but people will fall off. Hey, yeah, he's a CEO. I can't challenge his thinking. Or yeah, he's a CEO. I can't challenge her thinking, you know, like um, people will fall into that status management and kind of back off. So I love, I love the collaboration. A lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people do it effectively.
2: I love it. Um, uh, My employee, Nick, when he comes and says, I don't think you should do that. Or I would do it this way. I'm like, Great, let's do it there. Let's try it, right? I mean, I don't have the keys to the car on all the answers, so
1: how how have you gone about increasing collaboration, like specifically amongst employees that are kind of more afraid of speaking up and and that and that basically in saying that you value what their thoughts are? How how do you improve that? Uh well
2: in my last organization, I would I would really encourage employees to do stuff that that they weren't comfortable with or I'd put them in the position um, that they weren't comfortable with but be there to, to be the safety net but I think as, as a leader or owner or manager or supervisor whatever your, your role is that's your job is to get people motivated and engaged um, I don't think if you're, if you're not doing that then, then you shouldn't be in that position
0: How do you figure that out? How do you figure out what works for you as a leader and for your team? Trial and error Keep trying Respect. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. I yeah. do. I agree. Lastly, what makes you a misfit? What about you goes against the grain?
2: Um, I don't. I probably don't adhere to rules very well, right? Uh, so I'll kind of turn this around a little bit on you. Q. I, I was listening to a <laughs> podcast. I think it was you and Jackie. Uh, and I think you. What managed, did I do? Yeah. <laughs> well, besides, you hid the key for. The <laughs> <laughs> For the pan, Was it the panic room or the escape room? I don't that want to talk twice. about this. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, this is entertaining. And you said it and I just died laughing. So those that haven't listened to that podcast, I think you really have to go listen to that one. Um, but you just said, you know, I think you mentioned you don't think you could go back and work for a large organization or you never have. And you don't think you'd fit in that mold. I see that changing. right? I see these large organizations changing. They're struggling with this cultural environment and this work environment. and. I give these leaders of these large organizations a lot of credit because they got to deal with this dynamic. But from that perspective, I, you know, I would bang my head up against the wall too. this whole status quo and um, not being able to change or bring best practices or thinking or, or question everything. I just that's yeah. what that's what has to be done.
0: Yeah, agreed. A thousand percent. It's not so like me personally, like I need it needs to be mine. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be the entrepreneur. I cannot cannot go work for somebody else. But I don't think everybody needs to be that way. I don't think everybody should be that way because it's so freaking stressful. Um, But what is awesome is like going to work and like, damn, like I am in control of what happens. I'm in control. Like I'm actually with people I like. And that's something that I want to build. I want everybody that works with me not to think that they work for me and everybody that works with me to feel like it's theirs too, because it is. But but large organizations could create that They, evi- could.
2: they could create yeah. that environment. Whether or not they do, um Well it's hard, you know. dude. It's right. like
0: God like I can't even imagine having five hundred employees and like trying to
1: like change my culture. Like yeah. that is painful. It's mm-hmm. necessary and awesome, but painful. And there's a word. For, what is it like? Entrepreneurship, where yeah. basically large corporations are starting teams of innovation companies within their large corporations, be like, a, so they can pivot and move quickly definitely. like a smaller startup. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something to kind of keep your eye out on, and that's definitely going to be on the rise in the future. Agreed. Yeah. What is Fantastic. it like? Seventy
0: percent of the workforce would be like freelancers, but like, what was it? Twenty twenty two, or something like that. Like, <laughs> not long at all, but. Like things are just, I just, I'm not going to talk about the future. Um.
2: <laughs> so here's the coolest thing I do because I get to travel often um, yeah. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an advocate of using um, like Lyft or Uber and I tend, me, I tend to have better luck with Lyft, but I always ask these people that drive questions because you're in a different city, right? So you are you're getting that cultural, that city, you're getting a different cultural perspective um, by that person And then a different business perspective, because in somewhat some aspect, they're pretty entrepreneurial themselves, right? They've decided to take on a business outside of the traditional four walls, corporate America. Why? And if you just ask these people the questions, just ask one question and shut up. And they just they're happy to tell you it's a really cool perspective what's going on in our country right now.
0: It is, man. A lot of change coming. Mm -hmm. And just that, like I totally agree with everything you said, but just the, the act of asking someone a question. Um, I don't remember who said it, but they said, "Treat everyone like their god dressed in drag," which uh, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) You can learn so much, man! Like so much. Like I've met like fifteen-year-olds that are freaking millionaires playing video
1: games, man! Like Mm
0: -hmm. so much. You never know.
1: Selling slime on Instagram, dude. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, awesome, Glenn. Lastly, where can people find you? Um, Where should they keep an eye out? LinkedIn. It's my domain. What I
2: what I spend my most time on.
0: All right. Thank you so much for watching today. Don't forget to check the show notes if you want to learn more about Glenn and everything that he talked about. We'll also put the links to the books and everything else that we talked about in the show notes.